Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Morning and welcome to Free Women Free Ways. We are the show that kind of uh, tackles some tough topics sometimes. Right now, not such a tough topic, but certainly I think an interesting one and an important one. Thank you for joining us. I'm Heather Stark, your host, and we have with us uh, an expert in the field. Uh, Anna Kay, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Great. Um, we have Anna K. Yagubian. Am I saying your name yes. correctly? <laughs> yes, very good. Thank you. <laughs> um, from the AAUW. AAUW is a women's organization. It stands for American Association of University Women, of which I am a member. And um, the group, as the name indicates, is a, probably a pretty well-educated group of women. And they've been around since the days of the bustle. Why is AAUW interested in girls and whether they do anything with science, math, technology, and engineering? Sure, absolutely. So um, as you said, AAUW has been around for a very long time, 135 years. And as a big part of our history, we've always put out um, a great deal of uh, research, one to two research reports a year. Um, In 2010, we put out a research report called um, Why So Few Women in STEM. And a big portion of that research report focused in on girls, uh, especially middle school girls, and what happens to them in middle school in terms of their interest in these fields. And, And what is unfortunate is that many girls really kind of give up on themselves when it comes to science, technology, engineering, and mathematics um, around that age, an age where girls are really thinking about careers for the first time. They're sort of starting to determine what they're good at and what they're not. And, um, you know, many of them sort of struggle if they're struggling with math or science at all. Um, you know, really uh, give up on it. And so, and, and, and so what we see is really a shortage in the workforce of women, especially women of color, um, in the STEM professions. Um, we know uh, that, um, you know, uh, women get a very small percentage of computer science and engineering degrees, and again, even smaller for women of color. And so obviously this affects all of us. It, it's a workforce issue. Women, these, these are good-paying jobs, and we want women to be able to obtain these jobs at the same rate of men. Um, and we know that, you know, having a strong career with lots of potential, um, you know, jobs that aren't even really, that we don't even know um, exist yet, um, is a, a critical uh, piece of women participating in the job market. Okay, let me play devil's advocate here. First of all, let's go back and say what STEM stands for. Probably most people have heard this. There's an emphasis on STEM education for girls. What does STEM stand for? Uh, Science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Okay, and those are the fields where we don't see as many women. Now, um, uh, a lot of people would say, well, we don't see women in those fields because women aren't particularly interested in those fields or particularly uh, adept at those fields. So how do we answer that question? Well, actually, girls uh, score higher on mathematics and science tests than boys do. So um, they are very adept. Right. Right, and that's when they're um, fostering their interest um, in those um, academic paths leads to a future in those careers. So okay. it's important to know that they are, you know, absolutely as adept, if not more adept, um, than boys um, in those fields, and that there uh, are other pieces there, right? So girls' interest isn't just um, – is, is shaped by the world around them. And so there's a lot of messaging that girls get on a very regular basis, um, you know, that still – 
consistently tells them that girls shouldn't be interested um, in these fields and really have, um, you know, uh, shouldn't be interested because boys are better at them, because, um, you know, it's not girly, it's not feminine to like these fields. And so what AAUW is trying to do with programs like Tech Trek and Tech Savvy, our national STEM programs um, across the country, is to disrupt those messages, um, is to show them that there are lots of other girls just like them interested in those fields. Okay, let's uh, continue with my my playing devil's advocate though here. Um, the difference there's difference in math, um, and and let me preface this by saying you're probably talking to one of the oldest feminists you'll ever meet. But just so that we're clear, okay, women girls typically do score higher in math and in in the early years of, of of schooling, but then in the later years they do not. And you're saying that that's because they lose interest or they get discouraged. But mm-hmm. is it also because there are different skills required as math changes from simple adding, subtracting, multiplication, and division into the higher levels of math? Is there a different reason perhaps uh, contributing to the fact that, that girls aren't scoring as high or are losing interest in the maths as they get older? Well, I think that my understanding of math um, is that the skills that you build at a young age are what really contribute to you being able to be successful later on down the line. So I think that it's really all about ensuring that girls get what they need in terms of the support um, and the, um, you know, confidence that they need to sort of pursue um, math even when it does get more difficult down the line. Um, But the capability is certainly there, and I think it's simply a matter of ensuring that they work hard and have a growth mindset, which is what we talk about in the Why So Few Women in STEM research report, as um, keeping that mindset that if you practice something, if you push yourself, um, if you keep that mindset that you can learn something and don't um, put up that wall of, hey, I'm just not good at this, I'm not capable at this, and you stop, but you have, you know, this um, ability to see yourself being able to accomplish those things, that it is absolutely uh, just as possible, you know, for, for girls to take uh, take on those really high levels of mathematics as boys? Well, sometimes, and this is just my personal observation, sometimes I think that girls lose interest in those because, not because they're not getting a message, because you turn on a TV show, you listen you know, to the media, and, and we definitely hone in on women with the, the high-powered careers, including the STEM careers, um, when you're looking at the, the media. Um, it's not hard to find women in high-powered jobs on a television show, for example. So the message is out there, as opposed to 25 or 30 years ago where you couldn't see a female face in any, you know, uh, any one of those professions portrayed in the popular media. So presumably girls are seeing that there is that potential out there for them. But do we send a subtler message that, yeah, there's some women out there who have that, but for the ordinary girl, that's just not really a possibility? Is 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 it more subtle than that? Uh, I absolutely think so. I mean, yes, there are images. There are some few images of women in high-powered careers, but I think that there's a difference in showing women who are actually participating in STEM careers. So, I mean, I would say that there are still very few women who are really accurate and multidimensional role models on television for girls who are in the STEM field specifically. I mean, if you take, for instance, a show like Big Bang Theory, I think that you have a perfect example of um, a a conflicting message that girls get. So the woman, Mayim Bialik, who plays um, a, high, a, a very high-level scientist on the show. I, she's a bio, a biophysicist or a bioneurologist, something like that, um, is actually in that profession in real life. And when you see her in real life, she's glamorous and, you know, wearing beautiful dresses. She's very feminine. But when you see her on the show, she's portrayed as extremely frumpy and non-social, not uh, having a capability to interact with other people. And so, I mean, I think that that's a perfect example of a conflicting message that girls get. Um, um, you know, they well, see one woman fairness, who... Well, that show also portrays the men that way, <laughs> I think. I haven't seen it very frequently, but I, they, they kind of portray them all as, as socially awkward, I think. So, um, you know, I, I right. see your I'm point. Right, I'm just but using also... that as one example. So, yeah. you know, I think that the I think that there aren't that many... Uh, she's, she is a, a, a perfect example of a woman who, in her real life as a scientist 
you know, is extremely socially capable, is extremely outgoing, is extremely talented, um, even glamorous, right? But in, in the show, her character is portrayed that way. And so as the only, you know, as, as being one of the few women on television who has a character that is actually um, a very, very high-level scientist to be portrayed that way, I think is very damaging. Um, and I think that there are, and, and like you were saying, I, I think to your point, there are many subtler messages that women get, that even if they see a few women who maybe are very high-level scientists, mathematicians, you know, working in technology on television, they're bombarded with so many more messages that these aren't the right professions for them, that it can be very difficult to wade through the muck, you know, of sort of what they hear every day. Yeah. Well, that and that certainly makes sense. If you'd like to call in and join us in this conversation about girls in STEM and what the AAUW is doing to try and uh, promote uh, those fields for girls, give us a call. The number is 646-378-0430. That's 646-378-0430. We also have the chat room open. If you want to just type in a question or a comment, I'll be happy to share it with our guest. So let's back up a little bit, and what brought you to this field? Why are you interested in helping girls get into the STEM fields? Sure. So people ask me all the time, do you have a STEM background? And I can very comfortably say, no, I do not. <laughs> I don't have a STEM <laughs> background myself. Um, but I, my, my undergraduate um, education was in sociology and women's studies, and my master's degree is in public administration with a focus on nonprofit management. So I oh, come I have an MBA as well. <laughs> do you? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, Absolutely. UC Denver, yeah. With yeah. a focus on domestic violence. So. <laughs> it's a wonderful, yeah, it's a wonderful background to have. I'm very lucky to be someone who studied and is working in the field I studied in, right? So, I mean, it, I come at it from um, an equity perspective, um, from a women's studies perspective, an intersectionality perspective, um, one where I look at sort of the, the information about um, – girls and women in STEM as really fitting with so many of the things that I studied in my undergraduate um, education where I really learned for the first time about the concepts of equity, equality, um, like I said, intersectionality, understanding, um, you know, race, socioeconomic status, um, educational access, and, and um, I, things like that, where, um, you know, I had a real passion for this work um, in my undergraduate. I did several internships at nonprofits that were specifically focused on women's issues um, and felt like this was just really what I wanted to do with my career um, and my life, and, and so um, eventually made my way to AAUW um, in, in a different capacity um, to finish out a National Science Foundation grant, um, but then um, was moved into a capacity of of um, the board being very interested in scaling and expanding programs specifically for girls. Um, this was very recently after the Why So Few report came out. And so there was a emphasis, um, very heavy emphasis on the want of AAUW and its members um, and many members of AAUW actually um, out in the, in the field and in the country um, with their branches do local um, STEM events and have for many, many years, some of them very successfully. I mean, even to the point of having five, six, 700 girls um, that attend every year. So, um, but this was the first effort on the part of the national office to expand programs with grants from the national office. And so I was tasked um, with that uh, responsibility. And it's been a phenomenal experience. I mean, I may not have a background in STEM, but I certainly um, have, a, you know, a love of, of science and technology. And, um, you know, when I get to see the girls at the camps and the events that I go to using robots, you know, um, making them go, uh, really understanding things like optics, physics, um, nanotechnology, you know, I am just as enthralled by the things that they are learning as they are. I frankly think I have a better time sometimes in the classes than they do. Um, but, uh, I wouldn't mind going to one of those. <laughs> I know, and it's amazing yeah, to have a job. Me a pass, where, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a wonderful opportunity, and it's, and, and it's been amazing to have a job that has really allowed me um, to have that kind of experience where I get to see girls literally growing and flourishing before my eyes, you know. And I think that, you know, Obviously, having been a girl one time myself, um, you know, I understand <laughs> the, uh, you know, the awkwardness that we all go through at that age, right? The questioning of ourselves, the questioning of our self-confidence, the things that can happen that affect us at that age can really be life-changing, um, you know, and I think that that's what Tech Savvy and Tech Trek are. You know, they really, like I said, disrupt the messages that these girls get 
and uh, empower them to think about themselves as the next generation of STEM leaders. Okay, you talk about tech savvy and tech, what was the other one? Tech. Tech Trek. Mm-hmm. Tech Trek. What's the difference between the two? How did those programs develop for AAUW? Sure. So um, Tech Trek is a week-long camp for girls going into eighth grade. They're nominated by their seventh grade math and science teachers, um, and then they have to do an application and an interview, um, and then they are chosen from the pool of um, of applicants. Um, They go to a college campus for a week where they um, spend that time – really uh, getting to know other girls. Um, some of the, the camps really vary in number every uh, from about 35 up to about 112. Um, so they're all different sizes. There are 21 camps um, across, the cam- across the country on 19 different campuses. Um, the program was originally begun by Marie Walbach, a member of AAUW. Um, she got a grant from the national office, um, a community action grant, which we still um, give out every year. Uh, In 1997, the first camp was in 1998 um, at Stanford University, near where she lives in Palo Alto, and it just grew from there. It became a program that sort of scaled itself through AAUW members in California, and it was so successful, and Marie was so heavily linked with the national office um, and participating at the time I came on staff in a group of, of women who were all serving as sort of STEM liaisons that we had out in the country. And she, you know, really began talking um, to me and, and the folks that I worked with here and saying, I really think that AUW needs to look at trying to do this as a national program. And so um, Tech Trek sort of went from there. Uh, Tech Savvy was a program that is it's a program that's a day long program for girls in sixth through ninth grade. Um, It has a program in tandem during the day for parents. So um, the girls uh, in the morning come and do hands-on activities, STEM activities. And then um, in the afternoons, they work on what we call 21st century or soft skills. Um, And the parents get a day-long program as well. And they learn about things like AAUW history and research. Um, Often there is someone there who can talk to them about financing college, um, using FAFSA forms, um, those kinds of things to uh, prepare them. All the all the sites are a little bit different. We do not um, provide curriculum for the sites, but we review the curriculum that is um, undertaken um, at both sites. So it's uh, excuse me, not both sites at all. At all the sites, we take a look at the curriculum. Um, but it is phenomenal curriculum. I mean, local teachers bring the curriculum to the events, and um, even companies like in Kentucky, um, at um, I think it's um, Kentucky State University. I think is the um, university where we have uh, one of the tech savvies or have had it in the past, and they have a Toyota manufacturing plant near their site, and. Um, the woman who was a volunteer for AAUW, all these programs are run by AAUW members um, volunteering and, and serving as, a, as, as member leaders um, in these capacities. Um, con- she, she reached out to the Toyota plant and said, you know, do you think that you would like to be a part of this event? Would you like to be a sponsor? Would you like to, you know, participate in some other way? And I went to visit the Kentucky site, and they had five women from the Toyota plant, all with education in um, engineering, all with engineering degrees, who created a workshop for the girls where they were building um, cars out of, you know, everyday items, straws, paper clips, you know, popsicle sticks, things like that. But not only did the girls have to build the cars, they had to, each piece that they took off of the supply table was worth a certain amount of money. So they not only had to build a car that was successful, but they had to do it for as inexpen- as they had to do it as inexpensively as possible. So there are really amazing local resources that serve these programs that um, just make them phenomenal, really. So, but that's kind of where they the tech savvy. The very first one um, was done in Buffalo, New York, by um, a member there named Tamara Brown, and Tamara is really phenomenal. She did this program at University of Buffalo for many years. Um, and um, had a lot of support for it in the community. I think it still has like five or 600 girls that participate every year. And she worked with the national office um, to 
uh, standardize the program a little bit, and then, um, you know, it's just expanded um, every year, um, as I said, with, with small grants from the national office. Hmm. Um, do, I'm here in, near the Seattle area. Does Seattle area do this? Do you know? Uh, there is a Tech Trek camp at, um, in Tacoma, Washington, at Pacific Lutheran University. That's the, probably huh. the closest one to you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, again, I'm going to jump back because as the mother of a son as well as a daughter, um, I think boys could use this as well. I mean, right now we have more girls going to college. We have more girls getting degrees. Are we kind of like throwing the baby out with the bathwater by focusing only on girls and, and STEM careers? Well, you know, these are programs of AAUW, and I would say in terms of tech savvy, boys are welcome. There's there's no, um, oh, really? you know, restriction. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no restriction against them coming or, you know, participating in the program. I mean, if they want to, to be there, they, they're welcome to participate. I've not seen any boys um, participate in tech savvy, but they, they're welcome to be there, absolutely. So now Tech Trek is a little different because it's a week-long camp and the girls are staying in dorms overnight, and so that is, a you know, a girl-only program program um, uh, for the week. Um, But, you know, I think that in terms of these programs, because, you know, they are being promoted by um, AAUW, this is really our, you know, our wheelhouse. This is really what we do is is promoting these types of activities and and, um, really breaking, as we like to say, breaking barriers for women and girls. Um, You know, so, I mean, I I think in terms of um, the the programs and what they provide, um, you know, I'm not an education expert, so I I cannot speak to um, the benefits of um, girl-only spaces, but I will definitely say that I do think that there is something to be said um, for girl-only spaces and and the freedom that I do think that it gives girls, especially at Tech Track, while they're there for, um, you know, an entire week um, with other girls and the bonding that happens. I think it's really special, you know, so. Well, um, I know that it's been been many years since I researched it uh, when my children were growing up, but at the time uh, um, that I did some research on uh, schools and education for different genders, um, the research that I saw indicated that girls tend to do better in a girls-only environment when it comes to academics, but boys mm-hmm. do better uh, in a, a mixed environment rather mixed than a boys-only environment. So mm. I, that always that always cracked me out. Now that research could have changed, as I said, this is probably 20 years ago, but um, it always that always cracked me up because I thought, okay, so are we going to have you know certain girls that we will sacrifice to enjoy, <laughs> to, to ensure that the boys get the, the ideal education? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, that, that, that kind of research is always kind of amusing, I think. But um, I, I see that, you know, that there are definite benefits to girls-only environments for so many things. Girls um, tend to feel safer. They tend to not be uh, stepping back as much. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's just kind of the way it is in, in many of yeah. these things. The girls tell me um, often when I'm there, especially I remember one girl who was at Florida when I went a couple years ago to the tech truck camp. They were dissecting frogs. And um, I said to the girls, have any of you ever done this before? And one of the girls said, "Mm -hmm, yeah, I have, but I didn't really get to do it. And I said, what do you mean you didn't really get to do it? And she said, well, there were all these boys in my group and they wouldn't let me touch it. So, you know, I think experiences like that are very common for girls, that they sort of get pushed out of the way um, when boys are more dominant. And that's not always the case, right? I mean, there are plenty of girls who, who, who don't, and they, push, they you know, push the boys out of the way, sure. and that's fine. Um, but, you know, I think that the programs like Tech Trek really give girls that opportunity to shine. You know, they really put them at the front, and they really are encouraging of, you know, equity among the girls and inclusion um, and really ensuring that every girl there has a great experience. Yeah. Um, I remember years ago, somebody gave my daughter a Barbie doll. This was back in the 1990s. Mm-hmm. And, yes, it was the Barbie doll that said, I hate, math is hard, or I hate oh, math. Oh, no. Like oh, how oh, awful. My God. I was so... I was so appalled on so many levels with that gift. Oh, <laughs> yes, I'd be livid. You know, Absolutely, I, I, I was a three-year-old son. Yeah. If my daughter never sees a Barbie doll, I will be happy. Oh um, yeah, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and then to get one that could, you pulled a string and it complained about math being hard. I, I can't remember what it, I think it was. Math is hard. I think that's what it said. And it, yes, it said it I believe really you're right. Whiny little mechanical voice. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I think yeah, I still I, have I that. Remember. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I really, yeah, seriously, I think I still have that in the attic. Maybe it's worth something. Maybe, maybe I can maybe, maybe so. I can finish graduate school based on that stupid doll. I don't know. Anyway, um, back in the seventies or back in the nineties, even then we were appalled by that. I think it only took a few months before oh, sure. the outrage was so so steep that they pulled that doll. Mm-hmm. So that's been, you know, twenty five years. Have oh, we made headway with these programs? I I think I think that we have. I mean, what what I'll say is that I think that you know we obviously only you know can serve so many so many girls, right? I mean, with our programs, but I would say that STEM, especially in the last ten years, the programs for girls have just skyrocketed. I mean, you know, hacking. Um, cybersecurity programs, cybersecurity competitions, you know, Black Girls Code, code.org. I mean, there are just a myriad Psy Girls, you know. I mean, I could go on and on and on with all of the programs that I think have really just blossomed in the last 10 years. I think that it is really a perfect storm is what I like to tell people because I feel like, you know, we're at a point where more people are comfortable with technology, right? The average person now has a smartphone. So you're talking about parents who, who understand the importance of technology. You're, you're talking about people having a much keener sense of cybersecurity and the need for people to do things, um, like understanding um, what it is to, to be um, hacked, to lose your digital information, to have your identity stolen. You know, there's a much more critical need for people in, um, even in national defense, um, you know, they're, they're constantly talking about the, the workforce shortage that they have um, of women in these fields. And so I think that the general public has a much keener understanding of why these programs are important, which is why there's more funding available for them than there used to be. I mean, we work with Verizon, Symantec, and Lockheed Martin at AAUW um, and and receive funding from them to support our TechTrack national program. Um, We have a cybersecurity class that is at um, 13 of our TechTrack sites this past summer, and um, an app investment class working with MIT um, App Inventor uh, that was at all 21 camps. And, you know, I think that in general, um, the the tide is really turning, I think. I mean, now, obviously, I don't have exact data to back that up. There are plenty of still very dreadful numbers, right, of women receiving, um, of, of so few women receiving um, degrees in tech. But I think that a lot of the girls who have benefited from those programs over the last 10 years will soon start to be in college. And I, I really hope that, you know, we've moved the needle. I, I really, really hope that we do. I mean, we have lots and lots of great stories about, um, you know, girls who have left TechTrack and the TechTrack alumni. We have a woman, actually, who I was just here with. We have our camp directors here at the national office this weekend doing their training and finishing up um, their yearly training that they get in person. And one of our camp, our, our co-camp directors is Kia Jolikar, who um, is in California um, does a camp in California at Stanford, and she went to Tech Trek herself as a camper in eighth grade, and then she came back as a junior counselor, and then as a dorm mom, and now is co um, co director um, of one of the camps at Stanford. And I think that you know she's exactly the kind of of story that we're seeing more and more and more of. So you know, I hope to see better numbers. <laughs> I hope I hope that yeah. those numbers are are going to be turning soon. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Well, I would like to see this kind of an emphasis, not just for girls, but also for boys, because I think mm-hmm. some boys naturally gravitate to that. But I think mm. more and more, and again, I'm speaking as a mom of a son, which, uh, sure. you know, uh, uh, the, the earth or the, the fates or the gods knew what they were doing when they gave me a son, because I mm-hmm. always say my father was the only boy with eight sisters, and um, I, wow. I grew up in the most feminist family you can imagine. And my then goodness. when I got out in the world and discovered not all men were like my father. It was quite a shock, really. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I have quite a feminist, you know, uh, take on life. And I had a son. And I remember thinking at the time, what do I do with a boy? You know, I mean, I didn't I have any brothers. I did, you know, <laughs> my, yeah. my dad yeah. was, not, you know, I mean, and, and I, I mean, it was just a, a shock to me that I had a boy to raise. Um, but it was an amazing learning experience because the assumptions that I had about men's places in the world and the encouragement that they receive and all that kind of stuff, some of it was substantiated by my experience raising a boy, but some of it mm-hmm. was a shock to realize that, you know what, it it ain't all that easy for boys 
just as girls sure. have their set of expectations and their sets of challenges, the boys have them too. And when I look at the STEM things as the mother of a daughter, I think, yes. As the mother of a son, I'm thinking, why aren't we doing this for the boys too? Because mm-hmm. so many mm-hmm. boys are, especially the really bright guys, uh, you know, I mean, I know a half a dozen young men who never graduated high school, and they're smart. They're mm. very smart. Um, so we're, I think that, you know, I just want to make sure we're not throwing the, the baby out with the bathwater when we're focusing mm. on one particular group of children. Uh, obviously, AEUW, you know, is a focus on, on girls, and that's as it should be. But my concern in, in all of these discussions is, but we should also be doing this for the boys. And that brings mm. me to what, what led me to contact you in the beginning, which is mm. the AAUW group in uh, Oregon that started that kind of did a riff on the STEM where they're going, yep, we're helping girls with the STEM, the science, technology, engineering, and math, but you know what? We need to help them in other areas where they're falling behind as well. And they started the CHIPS program, which is civics, Mm. history, and political science. And if Mm -hmm. you look at the the statistics on women in politics, uh, Pew Research came out a couple months ago with an extensive um, uh, research report on women in politics and why women aren't going into politics and what are the barriers. And um, and I think, Mm -hmm. you know, this idea of focusing on the um, uh, history and political science and civics is one that all students could use. Um, so, you know, that's, I, I think that from my observations, uh, we're, we're starting to really, over the last 25 years, we're really starting to focus on how do we get girls into these fields and how do we not turn them off and how do we create an environment where people who learn differently from the status quo can also learn to enjoy these fields. And I think uh, my feeling is, is that that's what we're really talking about when we have these programs for girls. We're not talking about whether they're capable of understanding higher math. We're talking about whether right. we are providing an environment where their learning styles are accommodated so that they do mm-hmm. maintain an interest and, and develop the that, – at least that's my opinion. Am I off base on that? No, I, I mean, I, you know, I think it's 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 hard to say because I think there are a lot of different reasons why the programs are important. Um, you know, I think that it's that education is a real tough nut to crack in terms of saying exactly why things are done or you know um, exactly uh, how they can be improved. I think it, it, learning styles are extremely important, right? And there's definitely um, a reason why for our programs we come up with learning outcomes and we try to ensure that the teachers who are teaching the programs know what those learning outcomes are and are encouraged to, um, you know, use different mediums um, to teach the kids because there are so many girls coming to them with vastly different learning styles. Um, and so I think it's um, it's important that everyone is, you know, accommodated. And, you know, as we talk more and more about inclusion um, and what that means in the classroom, I think that some of those things will continue to change even more. Um, you know, as we try to uh, to accommodate, and as there are so many different ways now, I think even STEM as a, as something larger, and I think as what you're speaking to about including boys is it, it, when you look at it also in terms of a movement, right? Not just necessarily uh, the kinds of programs that we do um, that AEW does for girls. When you look at it in terms of uh, of a whole educational movement, what I've seen. Um, is really this shift from rote learning to experiential and project-based learning. And what I would say is that that's really um, one of those shifts that's occurring that's serving everybody, right? It's really encouraging lots of different ways of learning and picking up this information, working in teams, right? That's one of the biggest things that they talk about um, is that working in teams is one of the most important shifts in the way that we're doing things in the classroom right now is helping kids to come up with, with an answer, Right. It's not necessarily we're, we're giving them problems that are more complex than just here's a right answer or a wrong answer. We're asking them to think through things and work with teams and come up with answers to things that are not necessarily wrong or right, but that are answers that are more complex than that. Um, and, and I think that that benefits everyone. So I think that that educational conversation about what happens in the classroom um, is really where there is a benefit for all students. Yeah. 
I, I think that that's uh, uh, true as well. Um, the notion that we can also do the same thing with uh, civics, history, and political science for girls, so that mm-hmm. they can become more involved in politics and in the, you know uh, that, that that whole thing also fascinates me. So I, I love that we're doing this. Um, so why did AAUW decide to focus on this particular aspect? How did they design these programs? Um, the way that they did? Um, Well, I think a lot of um, the reason that they chose these particular programs and chose to use the models was because they were already successful. So we were seeing a lot of positive things coming out of TechTrack in in, uh, California and a lot of positive positive things coming out of the tech savvy in Buffalo. And that was really where the impetus came from to say, hey, these programs are really, really successful. Um, You know, we we are seeing um, a lot of – a lot of really positive feedback. We're seeing a lot of positive feedback. The community embracing AAUW, um, you know, there were a lot of really good things coming out of it. And so that's where the decision came to, to particularly focus on these two programs. Along with that, I have to say that AAUW members were really, really interested in having a one-day program. And, you know, some of that came out of the members' want. Um, and, and I think that we try to listen very closely to our members and what it is that they're um, looking for in terms of what's being provided by the national office. And many of them were looking for a one-day program. They were saying, you know, we're hearing that this STEM thing is really becoming a big deal. Um, we saw the Why So Few report. We want to do something. You know, we want to be um, advocates in our community. We want to be leaders in our community and do the thing that AAUW has always done, which is um, – uh, breaking barriers for women and girls. And so, you know, we, I think, knew that a one-day program especially was very, there was a lot of interest um, in that because it is a lot, uh, it's not as heavy of a lift, right, as a one day, yes. as, a, <laughs> as a whole week um, program, which, you know, I have to say um, only requires the girls um, to pay a $50 fee to go to Tech Track. And I will have you know that some of these these camps can cost upwards of $90,000. So the members of AAUW are raising an immense amount of money to to host these programs. Um, And so it just demonstrates why some of these were chosen is because the members were extremely passionate um, about the programs themselves and what could be done through these programs. So the model for TechTrack and the model for Tech Savvy, I think, are one of our biggest benefits. Um, they were chosen because they're a mix of, you know, hands-on um, activities as well as uh, building other kinds of skills like self-confidence, self-esteem, public speaking, working on teams, um, you know, f- uh, financial skills. Some, uh, quite a few of the tech-savvy workshops have finance workshops for the girls where for the first time they think about making a budget, you know, even things I- like that that are really, really important. Yeah, I love what you were saying earlier about the what the first program that was designed by the uh, um, where they were making the car and they had to uh, actually yeah. keep track of how much money they were spending. Because yeah. I think a lot of times when we do these kinds of things, it's all pie in the sky, and we don't tie right. in that very real factor. Um, mm-hmm. So that that's kind of exciting, I think. The there's, next yeah, thing that I wanted a, to oh, talk sorry, about is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, women. We don't. We don't have a career anymore for for our entire lives. Most people right. have a career for ten years, twenty years, and then they switch careers. Mm-hmm. Are we, as a society, or as AAUW, as an organization, looking toward helping older women and switching careers or improving careers by becoming more tech savvy? Um, You know, I would say that the biggest effort that AAUW is putting forward right now in terms of um, women in the workforce is our Work Smart program. And so this is a program that was recently started with AAUW where women can become trained facilitators to put on workshops um, around salary negotiation. And, you know, I have to say that salary negotiation, I think, is one of the scariest things that a lot of people – um, do 
in their lives or don't do because they're terrified of it. And that is, um, you know, not great for women. It's not good for women. It's not good for their families. Um, so, you know, salary negotiation is one of the, the pieces that I think is incredibly important in our career. Um, and it's not one that we often get a chance to develop. So I think our work smart program is probably one of the best things um, that AEW is doing to advanced women that are already in the workforce. Um, we have programs um, in multiple pl places um, across the United States. We just recently had a piece done on us by the Sunday, um, CBS Sunday morning about our partnership with the program in Boston. Um, the mayor's office there has really spearheaded training, I think over a thousand women in salary negotiation um, in that city. And, you know, so I just think it's a phenomenal program. Um, it's in the, the um, program manager is, is in my department or works closely with my department. Um, and, you know, it's just, he's a real entrepreneurial um, guy. And I think that, you know, his, his vision for the program is, is really phenomenal. And I think the, the vision of our um, uh, department head, um, Deepthi Gudapati, um, in that, uh, for that, for that program is really uh, phenomenal. And they're just doing such a great job of pushing it forward, which, you know, gives women a real tangible skill. And there's, there's just nothing I think that is, is quite as good as that. I, you know, speaking as a as a woman who's raised children and who's lived through, you know, a, a lot of years here, I really think we're entering the age of the woman. I mean, we have said that mm. in the past, but I think, you know, w when you see girls uh, getting, the, I mean, like I said uh, earlier in the show, you know, there are more girls graduating college now than, than boys. There are more girls mm. getting higher degrees than boys, unfortunately, mm -hmm. the careers that they choose and the money that they are earning is not compatible with the boys. And mm -hmm. we can we can accomplish equality in those numbers two ways. We can either reduce the options for boys so that they match those of girls or we can as you are trying to do right now increase the options for girls so that they match what is out there for the boys. So I think mm -hmm. you know when we when we look at these things there's two ways to do it. And we have to be very careful that we do it the way that we think is appropriate and beneficial for everyone. And uh, certainly um, the value in these programs, I see that value for all people, not just boys, not just girls, not just young, not mm -hmm. just, you know, but, but old as well. Yeah, and, and I, I would say WorkSmart has had a g decent participation of men as well, by the way. So it's salary negotiation, um, but there have been men who have certainly participated in those programs, which is great. Yeah. They're welcome. Yeah. Welcome to be there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, I, and again, I hope you uh, tolerate my playing devil's advocate here because I think that those are <laughs> questions that people have, you know, whether oh, they verbalize or not. You know. Sure. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. I've gotten many calls. <laughs> I mean, I get, yeah. you know, random phone calls from parents who want to know, you know, um, who have questions that are exactly like that, and so I'm happy to answer them, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And just by, you know, I think sometimes we do get a little prickly. Just because we're helping one particular group of people doesn't mean we're ignoring other groups of people. No, um, or, not at all. No. Yeah, yeah. So um, if I'm the mother of a young girl, how would I find out about the AUW and the programs that they have available? Um, absolutely. So the best resource um, for finding out about AAUW and all of our programs is our website, um, www.aauw.org. Um, and you can find all the information that you need um, on there. I also encourage people to go on and consider donating <laughs> and, or, and or becoming a member um, of AAUW. The only requirement is that you have an associate's degree or higher um, to become a member of AAUW. We do have male and female members um, and members all over the world. As we like to say, we're not just American. We're not just, um, you know, women and, and um, we're not just university folks. So it's, it's a, 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 our, our membership is um, – um, you know, uh, a, a really a, a lot of different kinds of people, um, you know, all over the country and, and in some, you know, places internationally. And um, it's just a, a really wonderful organization. I always like to tell people about our very first research report, which I think says a lot about who AAUW is. Um, and so our first very, the very first um, AAUW research report, which I think was put out I'm not, I don't want to get the date wrong, but I think it was 1889. I could be wrong about that, though, um, was, was to 
put forth well, research. Well, you go look that up for us, please. I will. <laughs> I will. I'll look important. it up right now. And, um, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm sure people are going to go back and try to verify that. Um, but yeah, the, yeah. Um, the, uh, the, the research report was put out to gather research that showed that women being educated did not um, make them infertile. That that was our first research. <laughs> yes, yes. Which was yeah, those which was had a lot of amazing. Notions, you know. Right, exactly. <laughs> I, that I your body would just shut down. Yeah, I remember reading a big discussion between experts in in the Victorian era era about whether women had souls. So you know, oh. I mean, oh those Victorians, you know, they they had their little bugaboos. So it's encouraging, uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. they, and they I used to love their, to tell people. Uh, yeah, I used to love to tell people about that when I was pregnant. I'd be like, I have a master's degree, and look at me. You know, look what happened. Um, it's, uh, but it's, it's, a, a, it, it's a phenomenal organization that has done an immense amount for women, you know, um, uh, over uh, so many years. I mean, we've, we've supported – we put out information every year, um, a report called The Simple Truth um, about the pay gap. Uh, for women, we helped pass the the Lily Ledbetter legislation um, around equal pay. Um, you know, it, it just is an amazing organization. We give out, I, I believe, over three million dollars a year um, in fellowships for women um, getting uh, uh, higher education. Um, you know, in graduate school and and PhDs and postdocs. Um, we just do so much, and and it's a really, really amazing um, effort, and our members are really passionate about what we do, and so I'm just really proud, um, you know, to be a part of an organization that works so so much for women, and and really to be able to say that I do something every day that I'm I'm proud of and that I'm passionate about. Yeah, and that's important. I mean, it's it's so important mm-hmm. because. We we talk about you know the greater good and all that kind of stuff, but when it comes down to it, we're the ones that we have to look in the mirror, and we're the ones that have to get up and mm-hmm. slog along every day. So when we can do something that we feel is important, that makes a difference, um, mm-hmm. that that makes yeah. a difference in our lives and in those around us. Well, mm-hmm. I wanted to um, just kind of readdress some of these issues. You know, there are some myths about uh, women and science and girls and technology and all that kind of stuff, and I wanted to just kind of knock those out one more time, just kind of in a logical <laughs> order. Okay. So we started with that whole conversation about the, the, the doll, the Barbie doll, talking about how math is hard. And <laughs> and I have to say, I was one of those women. I hate math. Hate it. Absolutely hate it. And yeah. was surprised when I was, oh, gosh, I think it was in my, my late 20s. I mean, I worked on an MBA, and, and I hired a high school kid to tutor me in algebra because, it, you know, it was so awful for me. Um, but somewhere in my mid-20s, something clicked. And I started being able to do just real simple math. I mean, I was just making connections in my brain uh, Hmm. that I never made before. Do brains in girls develop differently depending on the subject? And maybe that's a a question you can't answer. But I've often wondered about that. You know, um, do, because I've talked with other women like, like that who struggled with math and then all of a sudden, 10 years later, they're shocking themselves by making connections in their brain that they never made before. Have you heard of hmm. that? Um, I think that the biggest um, area where I've heard about that is about the development of the brain, and I am no expert <laughs> on this. So I will just I will just tell you the the very basic understanding that I have is that is that that brains sort of develop differently. Um, uh, obviously, we're born with what we're born with, right? That, that brain development is a mix of sort of, um, you know, we talk about nature versus nurture. My understanding is that the most recent research says that it's a combination of both, right? You're born with what you're born with. Some people have certain things, certain, um, you know, things chemically that are different, but it, that it really is developed uh, a, a lot and what sort of um, becomes more, becomes less or becomes stronger, it has to do with, so, with, with the social environment that you're in. Um, but yeah. I probably shouldn't say any more about it than that <laughs> since I'm worried yeah. well, of you I was and thinking I don't more want to misrepresent about anything. about the timing. I mean, we always say that, you know, um, uh, you know, with teenagers, they, we, we, well, uh, 
going back even further than that, I read a report once that said that you cannot reliably, you cannot um, count on a child to look both ways when crossing the street. You cannot rely mm-hmm. on them to do that consistently until they're 12 years old. Oh, okay. Interesting. Because of their brain development. And so look at how we take young children, you know, and and assume that, okay, we've taught them to look both ways. But, in fact, they're not doing it, you know. They're not doing it Mm -hmm. uh, consistently Mm -hmm. because they may say, yeah, they know what they're doing, but they don't. And so we rely on young children and give them credit for being able to do things like looking both ways and crossing the street way Mm. earlier than the research shows that they can, can really do it. So huh. that brain development thing, you know, we develop different things. And the same thing with um, my, my sister, rest her soul, used to say she raised three children, and she used to say you can't count. Children don't turn into human beings until they're about 25 because mm-hmm. they change, you know, their their capabilities sure. change. So yeah. I'm wondering if maybe, and I haven't seen research on this, but I'm wondering if maybe um, girls' brains for science and math things develop at a little bit later stage than those for boys and than, than than boys. And so because they're not kicking in at the same time boys do, that maybe we have assumed for all these decades that hmm. they just aren't going to kick in. Does that make sense? That's a stupid theory, I, I suppose. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I really have no idea. I, you know, I mean, I, people do develop at all different rates, and, you know, uh, children develop at all different um, in all different ways. Uh, I, you know, I certainly have seen with my own child um, that he's developed differently than other children, and they've developed differently than him, you know. So, I mean, who knows? I mean, I think, you know, our knowledge of the brain is obviously one that is still hugely um, under construction, right? It's one that we're still, u- yeah. that we're still looking into a, a lot. There are so many um, neuro, you know, neurobiologists, neuroscientists that are doing so much work um, to find out more about the brain. And I mean, I think it's one of those things where, you know, at one point people thought that the earth was flat and then they knew that it was round. And, you know, who knows what we'll know tomorrow. So I I think it's one of those things where you just you you never really know um, what the what the those things are. And we don't have those answers yet. And we probably won't for a long time, you know. So, um, I mean, I think it's an interesting question. Yeah. Well, um, okay, so getting back to my little myths here that I want to make sure we dispel before we close the show, um, that for one of the number one myth, I think, is that girls just don't aren't interested in science and math, mm. just not interested. Mm-hmm. Right, um, right, right. And so we're talking there not about capability but about interest, about um, right. attitude. Mm-hmm. What have you mm-hmm. seen in the research that indicates that that's um, probably a myth and, and really doesn't apply? Sure, yeah. Girl, you know, Girl Scouts actually put out um, a STEM research report in 2012 that was really fascinating um, that asked girls about their interests. And, you know, one of the things that they said is that girls have a lot of interests. I mean, it may seem simple, but the reality yeah. is that I think what is underestimated is that just because girls are interested in things like, you know, making the world a better place, right, that they're not yeah. interested in things like hard sciences. And I think that that's what's unfortunate is that as per usual, women are being put into a box, right? They're not being seen as multidimensional. And that's what's unfortunate because, um, you know, boys are often seen as they can have many interests, right? They can be interested in video games and also the natural world, right? And and I yeah. think that girls are often pigeonholed. Well, girls just like shopping and, you know, bar and, and, and dolls and, um, you know, these um, – very narrow constructs around what it is to be a woman and I think and what it is to be a girl and I think that that's what is very frustrating is sort of this concept that girls can't be interested in a myriad of things yeah sure I like painting my nails pink but I also like getting dirt under my fingernails right so there's this ability to I think I think for the wider world to really box girls in um, with these assumptions that you can't be multiple things at one time and I think that that's what the the Girl Scouts research did a really good job of sort of shining a light on is that girls have all of these interests, <laughs> you know, yes. and, and one of the biggest things for that is our responsibility as adults in their lives and in their, their world is showing them that they can help the world through math and science. And that's one of the biggest um, uh, challenges that we have as, you know, humans um, in the next um, in the in the coming years, climate change, I mean, um, extinction of species. I mean, there are so many ways, learning how to build cleaner water systems, waterways, bridges, learning how to improve infrastructure. 
all of those things will take people with lots of different skills, skills with working with people as well as skills in math and science. And it's our job as the, the people that are, are able to create these types of programs and make their world a place where they feel empowered that they can actually do anything, um, to acknowledge them as multidimensional people, not just as the one interest. You know? And I think that that's where, um, where we have to take a harder look at sort of the messages that we're sending them. Yeah, I think that's a good point, and I think that you know it, it's important. I think that um, again, I should I should have had a brain expert on here. I, I find myself asking so many questions about actual <laughs> brain development and brain differences. We should we should have had some you know some physician on here, um, but I think that you know girls are from a very early age able to uh, be very multidimensional. In, in their mm-hmm. interests, and I think that sometimes we forget that. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, so that that could be, you know, so, okay, so that's that myth. Um, the other myth that I have seen is that, and I've kind of brought this up by um, being, you know, devil's advocate at the beginning of the show, but by emphasizing the girls' needs, are we turning off the boys? Are we making it, you know, uh, something that boys, oh, well, if all the girls are going to do that, I'm not going to do that. Um, I mean, I, I would say that I would have a hard time seeing that. I mean, I think that science and math, one of the best things about the STEM fairs and coding, you know, uh, activities for kids and all of that is that their boys and girls are attracted to them. First of all, I think computers are something that all kids are interested in and really love. Um, and so I would say, you know, that we're that that really, I think what we're all striving to do sort of in this, um, you know, STEM world where we're trying to get kids interested in all of these things is to make it appeal to everyone. I mean, while yes, I do run programs that are are primarily for girls. Um, I think that you know I am in an arena where I run into a lot of people that run STEM programs, right, and run science museums and teachers who are um, you know um, in DC making policy around education. And I think that there's a really strong interest in ensuring that the next generation of STEM leaders is a generation that understands that there are are a whole new set of needs out there, like cybersecurity, like nanotechnology, um, like medical advancements, right? And I think that when you have kids that are driven and that are motivated and have good self-esteem, they're going to follow whatever their dreams are whether they're a boy or a girl. And I think that, you know, a lot of it is being responsible for things like how much time they spend online, cyberbullying, you know, trying to do things that create happy, healthy kids who are ab- able to go after after their dreams. And that's really what I think all of us want, right, is kids that are um, taking hold of their futures and are making the kinds of decisions around the kind of people that they want to be. And um, I think that that is uh, impossible to create programs that appeal to, to all kids. And, and I think there are a lot of people out there doing that, frankly. I mean, there are, there are a lot of science fairs. And, I mean, just here in D.C., the last few years, we've had the Science and Engineering Festival that attracts I have thousands um, of people in this area, and there are lots and lots of boys and girls, um, you know, that go to those and do lots of hands-on activities and make GAC and, you know, <laughs> learn about science creatures and oh, yeah. all of those kinds of things. So I think that there's no shortage of lots of activities for um, for all kids. And, and I think um, some of these, um, you know, careers kind of sound boring to both boys and girls, right? Like, Sitting at a computer all day not talking to people is very unappealing for a lot of kids. So a lot of our job is to help them understand what the kinds of careers are, re- what, what these careers are really like um, and what it means to have them and what it means to succeed in them. So, yeah. So I think I applaud AUW for the efforts that they're making. I applaud all of the efforts that are being done out there uh, for STEM education. I encourage the uh, addition of the CHIPS program. I think that focusing Mm. on civics, history, and political science is a great idea because we don't see women going into politics uh, for a variety of reasons. And so I'm really encouraged, you know, that we're taking this idea, the STEM thing, which has been around for for several years, and Mm -hmm. there has been focus on it. I'm really excited that we're also starting to expand that into other areas. My personal little theory is it's because 
we learn differently and we behave differently, and so we have to make sure that we provide systems that address all those different ways of learning, and uh, that way we're not missing out on anybody because people who are good at science, technology, engineering, and math are people who are good for our country and our society. That's my opinion. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, we want to make sure we get all the people out there who are capable of doing it, doing it. You know, sure, to the best of absolutely. Their yeah, definitely, now, definitely. Uh, again, I'm looking at the clock and our time is winding down. Please, one more time, give us the contact information for anyone who's interested in the AAUW uh, and their, their two STEM-focused activities. Sure. So um, our website is www.aauw.org. Okay, terrific. And the two programs are called Tech, what are they? Tech? Tech Trek Trek and and Tech Savvy, yeah. And Tech Savvy, there you go. And I want one for senior citizens. (laughs) I'll be the first to sign up. That sounds like a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, um, I think that, you know, the programs are wonderful. And as a member of AAUW, I'm, I'm... I'm thinking I'm remiss in not becoming more active in those in my community. So I'll be looking more for, for how I can participate in that. I Wonderful. often end the show with, with a, a quote, and there's no shortage of quotes about uh, science and technology <laughs> and girls. True. But I think yeah. one of the best ones is by Milka Duno, a race car driver. I don't know for her name particularly, so mm. I'm not butchering it. But hmm. her quote is, it doesn't matter if you are a woman or a man. The important thing is your determination. Hmm. And I like that. We are determined to continue bringing you these kinds of shows. Please join us next week for Three Women, Three Ways. When we'll tackle another topic of interest to women and uh, our, our society. Thank you for joining us, Anna Kay. Thank you. Thank you, you for having week. me. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.